You're listening to Across Culture, the podcast which explores culture, identity and the Christian faith. I'm your host, Jessie. Hiya, so this episode is with a fellow BBC and a fellow Tang, actually. It's an interview with Christina and she talks to me about her experiences of being a BBC and relocating to Hong Kong. How are you doing, Christina? Not too bad, thank you, Jesse. It's so good to see you. Yeah, same here. It's been a while. So thanks so much for coming on to the Across Culture podcast. And could you please introduce yourself to our listeners today? Yes. My name is Christina Tang and I am a BBC currently living in Hong Kong and I've been here for two years so far. Um, Professionally, I am a cardiac physiologist, but since moving here to Hong Kong, um, I started working as a pastoral coordinator at an international school whereby I teach um, the Bible um, to kids all the way up to parents and to helpers um, and I stopped that in uh, April and started working with my husband um, for an NGO where I am the spiritual director and he is the director of the organization Oh, cool. Okay. Could you explain to our listeners, if they don't know, what BBC is? Uh, British Born Chinese, not the television, (laughs) (laughs) which I I really miss. Oh, oh, you can't watch BBC? Not unless you have a VPN. (laughs) Oh, right. Okay. Oh, it's true. Yeah, I think you can't watch iPlayer outside of the UK. Yeah, I mean, you can, UK. you can watch things on YouTube, but it's not the same. Yeah, yeah, it's not the same. Okay, British born Chinese. So where are your parents from? My parents were born here in Hong Kong, actually. Um, and they moved over to the UK during their secondary school years so about 13 14 I believe and um, so they studied um, uh, in the UK and my dad went to university in the UK Um, yeah so they did actually come back to Hong Kong um, to Mm -hmm. work um for when i think i was one years old at the time um but my yeah so you came back to hong kong when you were a child i did i did and surprisingly you wouldn't believe it but surprisingly my first language was chinese (laughs) oh okay (laughs) i don't speak like it is my first language (laughs) Yeah. So so you were in Hong Kong as a child and then you also went back to the UK? Yes, I went back child? to the UK when I was probably about three-ish. Oh, okay. And then you just moved back two years ago? Two years ago, yes. 
to Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you've been through quite a lot of change just when you were saying what different jobs you've been doing and what your role was in the UK and then going to Hong Kong and changing your job and also just going to a completely different country, mm. even though you have your roots there. So what was that transition like of moving to Hong Kong where your parents are from? Mm. Um, but maybe you don't identify with the place so much. Yeah, that it was difficult, uh, very difficult. Um, I mean, I grew up in the UK, and in you know in local school, and I was very much the only Chinese girl in the class up until mm. I went to another school. And there was a fellow Chinese girl there, um, which mm. was great. But that was only for a couple of years, and then I became the only Chinese girl again throughout my whole um, teen years. Oh wow! So, in terms of identity, um, I very much identified as a British, you know, English speaking girl, even though I. You know, grew up very much in a Chinese cultured family, um, who held a lot of Chinese, I guess, typical Chinese values. Um, so that was interesting, um, but because I had, you know, all the people that I knew were very British, I didn't. I I guess I wasn't. Um, completely aware of all the intricacies of the Chinese culture yes yeah and language wise I mean that was something else I mean I remember going to Sunday school um you know in in a Chinese church but you had to do Chinese classes you know before or after I can't remember but you had to do Chinese classes and I was I think at the time I was a young teen and I had to sit with three and four year olds (laughs) (laughs) learning what you know the mouth how face hand (laughs) yeah that yeah that was very embarrassing but I think that because of that because of that distance in Chinese culture and language coming over him was difficult um and I found it it was yeah it was definitely a culture shock um and it's taken some time just to adjust to it um I mean the thing with Hong Kong it is quite different it's not like I've moved to you know Beijing for instance um, whereas very Chinese um, over mm-hmm. here, at yeah. the very least, it was a British colony, you know, and so there are actually a lot of British people, Canadians, Americans, and surprisingly um, French. So there's mm. more French here, actually, more French mm. people than uh, British yeah oh, interesting okay mm, yeah 
I think like actually um, it's forced me to learn the culture. It's forced me to re-engage with the Chinese culture in a very different way. Um, I mean, for instance, I, I was so nervous in like to do any sort of shopping, like supermarket shopping or clothes shopping, very simple things, or even taking the bus mm. because I knew I had to use um, the Chinese language. And over here, I think if you if you don't know it, like if you're speaking to a local um, and they don't understand you, they can be very harsh on you <laughs> and they can scare you half to death and, you know, make you feel like you're completely useless. Um, mm. So I remember one of the first times I went to the wet market I yeah. walked around so many times <laughs> just to listen out what people were saying, what they were buying, um, before I built up the courage um, mm. to actually buy things <laughs> myself. Mm. But yeah, that, yeah, it's yeah. forced me to learn a lot. And with signs and text written is it all in Chinese as well or are there some English like could you get by by reading things yeah you can get by not knowing any Chinese actually the something that was very strange to me was um, a lot of international school kids um, ha had no idea they didn't know a word of Chinese they couldn't read or write, um, but they've grown up in Hong Kong and obviously survived Hong Kong. <laughs> so mm -hmm. um, I think that's one of the benefits of being here. Uh, it being a, you know, an, a British colony once upon a time, everything is in English. Yeah. So it's only it's only if you go to the new territories, you know, in the villages, then that's probably when you have a lot less English. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your experience. At the moment, I'm in the Netherlands, and the language here that most people use is Dutch. Mm. Um, although a lot of people know how to speak English, so if if I don't understand them, then they'll just speak English to me, which is fine. But at the same time, it's like I'm surrounded by a language that I don't really understand. Mm. And so I think it changes a person because if I was in the UK and even if I'm walking around, I can understand everything what's happening. Mm. And if I wanted to make any small talk, I could do that. But here, I, I don't know what anyone's saying and I don't want them to speak to me either. Yeah. So it does make me... Um, I think have a bit more like sympathy towards immigrants mm. um, even towards my dad and always saying oh yeah because my dad's from Hong Kong like oh dad why don't why don't you understand English and blah 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 mm. um, but actually to see 
Yeah, that's why when he's in the UK, he doesn't act like he acts when he's in Hong Kong. Because right. when I see him in Hong Kong, I really see like he seems to like come alive and mm. he's really extroverted, talking to people, random people, and that kind of thing. But he can't do that in the UK. Mm. Um, so it's it's a bit sad actually. How long has he been in the UK me. for actually? Uh, <laughs> it's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> Forty years. Yeah. <laughs> 40 years, yeah. yeah. So he's managed to survive here in I mean, like Chinese communities. Yeah, I think that's such, that's the interesting thing. I think because there is English everywhere and you really can get by without knowing any Chinese, um, you know, it's, yeah. Mm. For, for those who are, you know, truly foreign, you know, um, who are not culturally Chinese, who are, you know, even further, I guess, from the culture than I am, they survive here without a problem. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So when people see you, do they know that you're not from Hong Kong? Yes, because of the way I dress. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> so for instance, right now, it's November and everyone's wearing oh gosh I remember it was the start of October it was so strange there was a huge queue of people outside North Face because Mm. they wanted to buy coats ready for the winter and I can tell you now I, I went to the beach only today and I said to James um, that I, I I felt like I was about to have a heat stroke because it was so cold. <gasps> How many degrees is it? Uh, today was 27. Oh, yeah, yeah it's so hot. What? That's so Which hot. isn't too... <laughs> is it about 27? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad because it's not humid. Whereas if you oh, have okay. a... You know, if you have... 27 with humidity of oh, 99% humidity is just unbearable <laughs> but oh. yeah it's it's actually yeah it it's really strange this week um because it's it's like a heat wave <laughs> that's really strange it's like british but summer people in hong kong <laughs> wearing coats and oh yeah yeah and they're wearing you're, coats you're not... boots like that as if they were in the UK. So I'd wear those clothes in the UK. And, I, you know, seeing them wear it, I thought, oh, <laughs> maybe I should be wearing it too, you know. So I did it. I did that and I was sweating so much. <laughs> I couldn't handle, I could not handle it. Oh, I was wearing like a leather jacket and boots. I was like, this, it is not winter yet, guys. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're still in summer. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. So yeah, because of that, they look at me and they're like, oh, she's clearly not from here. Yeah. Mm. Although we Mm. survived the hottest summer, apparently. This summer. Oh, Oh, well done. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I I feel like I should get a medal for that. Yeah, I'll send you one in the post. (laughs) Joking. Yeah. 
So what about um, the change in church or how have you found it going from the church that you were in the UK to being in the church in Hong Kong? Not only that, but in also in leadership positions. Yeah, I mean, like, although I worked at the hospital in the UK, um, I did that part time. Um, I still served a lot of my time was doing ministry work um, before coming here to Hong Kong um, in a Chinese church, uh, English congregate congregation predominantly. Um, it was it's, it was an interesting shift. Now I think the church that we went to because the English congregation was quite established I suppose and growing um, compared to other Chinese um, Chinese church English con English congregations um, mm -hmm. you know they they were a lot smaller and um, you know had had uh, other 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 problems that I'd say uh, our church had, you know, a few years, probably a few, yeah, maybe 10 years ago or something. Um, so going from that type of church mm. to a English congregation that was a lot, that is a lot small, smaller than uh, the Chinese congregation is quite a shift mm. because I think in the UK, we had a little bit more of a presence and, um, yeah, we had the power and ability to do things. And I think that's a par partly because of our pastor, you know, mm -hmm. um, that enabled us to do that. Whereas over here, you're completely engulfed. And that was one of my fears, I have to say. Um, to be a part of such a big mothership church, um, I knew what it meant. Um, that you know that you would have to <laughs> just deal with more um, church politics um, than we did. I say, I would say in in the UK um, I mean obviously they're still present definitely very much present in the UK but it's just on a larger scale here yeah um, and I think we when we weren't used to that um, on the other hand since being here we have seen some movement and some change um, and one of the main things that we knew we had to do was for them to respect us, we had to respect them first. Um, and I think culturally that's something that, you know, that is quite normal um, in, in this society. Yeah. So... Do you mean because they're older? Um, 
they are older, more established, and at the end of the day, it's a Chinese church in China. <laughs> so, whereas we're an English-speaking congregation within a Chinese church in China, do you know, compared to mm. a English-speaking congregation in Chinese church in, in England. England, in yeah, in England, it's very different. Yeah, which surprisingly, in a lot of, like you said, in a lot of Chinese churches in the UK, even the English congregation doesn't have any autonomy at all. That's or they're right. still operating underneath the leadership, which is all from the Chinese congregation. That's that's right, and I think the that's why I was trying to explain that actually the church that we came from was slightly different. Um, yeah. In that, because the English congregation was growing and thriving, it had a little bit more say as to the direction of the church um mm. yeah so it was kind of a bit of a turnaround <laughs> like a slow <laughs> yeah no it's been it's been a huge learning curve in that respect um you had to uh, delve into the culture in order to understand it well enough to mm. respect it to give it the respect that they ask for um and also in order to make changes that you feel um you know um should be made in this current season mm. um, is obviously there might be some things you can't share but mm. could you give us an example of that or or maybe you can talk us through that process of getting to know the culture um you know how how long does it take um can you just go in learn the culture in a month and then do things what is it like i think learning a culture isn't a problem like that can be done quickly as in cognitively learning a culture on the other hand to yeah allow that learning to actually seep into um, a place where you feel comfortable, I think that for each individual um, is different. Because um, we're all different people, we mm. experience things differently. So I would, I mean, having been here we've spoken to many people who've come from abroad and um some are still you know after you know seven years ten years they still feel like you know they're not home that um there's still a lot of distance culturally um but then you've got others you know they've been here for a year and they feel well at home so I think it very much depends on the individual um, but generally speaking um, from what I've heard and in our experience I reckon it's probably you know two to four years on average yeah to actually um, I guess be comfortable with that cultural change. Yeah. Mm. 
time. Yeah, and so you've been in Hong Kong for two years, you said, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So lots of things have been happening in Hong Kong in the last like year and a half, right? So when you first moved to Hong Kong, yeah, can you tell us um, how it was for you guys when you moved there and then everything kicked off with the protests? Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, actually the first time we went, um, came, uh, it was December 29, 2018. So December 2018. Um, okay. and I remember it was during Christmas. It's my favorite time of year. Uh, so I was very upset with God <laughs> uh, mm. when he was like, oh, we have to move just, you know, uh, during this season. And um, anyway, we landed and our church uh, was having a Christmas dinner. And I was like, oh, gosh, I'm so jet lagged. I'm completely exhausted <laughs> and emotion, my emotions are all over the place. I don't feel like this is what we should be doing right now with two kids who are also jet lagged. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, it was the thing that we needed to do. Um, and to be honest, given any other day, I would do it. But yeah. However, when we got to the church, um, we met our senior pastor. But just before that, I remember just looking out of this window and our building our church building is in the um far east finance center so it's this big gold building and mm. for me that was already very strange i was like i've got a church <laughs> in a big gold building okay <laughs> <laughs> um but yes looking out i saw the chinese like embassy and uh I don't know, I, this strange feeling came upon me, you know, I could see the big China flag and then you've got the Hong Kong flag that was a little lower. And I mm. looked to God and I said, I don't know why we are here and I don't know why you've paved the way for us to be here, but I hope you have a very good reason, God. <laughs> You know, not to mm -hmm. test him or challenge him, but I think at the time I was still wrestling with that. Um, and so, yeah, coming, yeah, I think having had that thought and that conversation with God um, and then fast forward six months later, uh, me and the kids uh, of the family we basically had a little day out um, yeah. thought we'd do a little you know touristing around Hong Kong yeah. and we walked through what was obviously a protest but we had mm. no idea um, what it was about at the time we just kept hearing chanting and I couldn't quite figure out what they were saying but I we got past this um you know the leaflets and posters and of course the kids 
uh, well, Ruben at least um, asked, oh, what is this about? What is this about? And, you know, it said, um, you know, get rid of the extradition bill. And mm. and so I looked, you know, looked at all of, you know, I, I knew that this was happening, but I didn't understand how big this whole thing was, you know. I, obviously, I I read the news and all that, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know how the local people felt about it, um, mm. and that was when it kind of hit me. Like, it took me back to that moment when I first came, mm. and was in the church, looking across our building to the Chinese embassy and. Um, and Ledgeco actually um, and I I almost had a this I had this feeling like okay we're here for this season for a reason and um, I felt like it was my time to put my game face on you know um, mm. and you know James and I we had you know, discussions. And actually, before we even came to Hong Kong, we were aware of the tensions already, um, especially after the Umbrella Movement in 2014. Yeah. Um, and that holds a little close to home because we have members of the family that uh, were involved. Um, so, yeah, I think... It, as as things started to escalate, um, it made us realize the importance of bringing hope into the city at a time when many felt hopeless. Yeah. So, what does it look like to bring hope into the city? We've been learning a lot about uh, love. Um, how do you love people who are different to you culturally, who think differently to you, um, who believe in, um, you know, a different different God or religion or even you know, are atheists, so how do you love people with difference? Um, and, you know, what we've been trying to do from the start of all of this was to redirect people to God. Um, mm. The thing is, even within church, like the broader uh, means of church as in, um, yeah, denominations, yeah. different denominations, yeah. different um, way. Yeah, I, I feel like there was a lot of tension. I mean, it's not a feeling, it's... <laughs> it's a fact there was a lot of tension between churches 
um, of different denominations, of the same denominations, and also mm. within a, the same church. Um, and that was very disheartening. And actually, uh, James had a part in, and still has a part in, um, bringing about conversation um, between churches um, and generations as well. Um, mm. I think what this year has definitely shown us was that um, it's not just uh, it's not just the tension betwe between cultures as it were as in like the Hong Kongers versus the mainlanders. <laughs> Um, right. it's, it's tension between generations, it's tension within families, um, and that was very sad to see, yeah, and it, it mm. just spurred us to just want to mm. show love, because, um, I think we had a good year where that was not apparent um and i think with love that's is that's the space where um difference shouldn't change um and mm -hmm. ultimately god is love right um yeah. i mean we're not talking about just loving in the human sense in what we know um love to be but actually to know what biblical love is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow, that's so good. I was just thinking about the tensions you mentioned, also tensions between churches within the same denomination, mm. um, as well as the ones between generations and families. Mm. And in your experience, do you think that there's more kind of tension in Hong Kong between that? than in the UK context and why do you think that is if there is more do I think there's more I think as in regarding the handover and everything that's happening here so for uh, yeah so it's political yeah I think in 2014 it um I guess my eyes were open to it because of family um, and like I remember praying for Hong Kong um, but like whilst my heart was uncomfortable it was still at a distance um, but I think for those who are from Hong Kong, who are, you know, they identify themselves as Hong Kongers, whether it be near or far, this really st struck a chord with them. So I don't think it's so much um, distance that makes you feel more... Um, regarding this but I think it's more to do with 
who you are more culturally attuned to, where you are more culturally attuned to. Um, so I'd say for my parents, for instance, it was very close to them. Um, yeah. And there were, and I know a lot of people in my parents' generation who argued among themselves, you know, um, just as much as they would over here. I guess the only difference really is, is that the impact and the consequences would be felt differently. Um, because for those people who are here in Hong Kong, they, it's their life. Like, whatever happens yeah. will affect them directly. For those who are abroad, it's still at a distance, even if they are from Hong Kong, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. They, they yeah. may feel sorrow, they may feel pain, they may understand it to the same extent, but the, the consequences does not fall on them mm -hmm. um, directly. Um, and I think seeing that and understanding that still secondhand, you know, I have friends who are in that position, um, makes things very different. Yeah. Mm. So are you saying that the political situation and everything going on there underpins these kind of tensions that you outlined? Mm. Um, I think from what I have observed, yes, and mm. from speaking to a broad spectrum of people, um, mm. yeah, mm. and there has been tension even between those who like myself, who are, you know, I, I'm a BBC, I hold a British passport. Right, I mm. hold a British passport, so even for me to um, empathize, for me to empathize with someone who does not have another option but to stay here in Hong Kong, you know, they yeah. they often get offended. Um, mm. They're like, "No, you will never know." You will never understand to the same extent. And, you know, I can only appreciate that, you know, from a distance. I, I can try to understand. I can try to empathize. But this is their life, you know. Yeah. Um, and it impacts them very differently. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I can't say, hey, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> because for them it's like well it's okay for you you can leave any time you know you can leave any time but for us this is our life this impacts us this generation and generations to come um yeah, yeah so it is different hmm. Hmm. so i think we're gonna come towards the end of the interview soon yeah so uh is there anything is there any final things you want to say? Yeah, I think, you know, 
as a Christian living here amongst tension, I'm definitely learning about where to transfix our eyes. That our fear should not be upon the, the system or authority that God actually calls us to submit to, but it is to ultimately submit to God's authority. Um, you know, yeah. like in, in Psalms, in Isaiah and Romans, it talks about submitting to authority and how, like, you know, with the word, God can bring kingdoms down. Um, it's God who allows and appoints authority. And I think for me, it was hard to understand that. But I've just been reading so much into it. Um, and, you know, I realized that, you know, for all of us, whether we are blue or yellow or anything in between, um, that ultimately as Christians, as believers of God, you know, we ultimately have to submit to God and follow God and live under that authority. And what does that mean? I think, you know, God actually calls us to love our enemies, love our neighbours, um, and difference in political view should not change that. In fact, mm. that should spur us to love them even more. Um, mm. And actually, I came across um, this book uh, by Sarah Anderson. Um, it's called The Space Between Us. And it basically talks about engaging with people with difference. Um, so mm. she grew up in a family who, well, her, her dad uh, ran for president. Um, but he didn't, he didn't get it. George Bush got it, I think. So... Um, <laughs> They, 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 she talks about um, how she had to learn to love um, oh. those who had politically uh, different views. Um, and I think it's not just politics, it's anything to do with life where there is difference, where there is conflict. That the space um, between us should be stepped into like no man's land if you like wow. you know um, to step into that and have difficult conversations I mean even wow. with Brexit like for us being over here and hearing all about Brexit and seeing what was happening I was like oh my goodness what's happening um <laughs> nothing much obviously but um, <laughs> but, but you know I I, I realized like you know, when during that time, a lot of people were in their own bubble, right? Everything that was on our feed on Facebook or IG was whatever we agreed with. 
right? We're mm-hmm. inalpable. So things like Google prevents you from having difference mm. within your life. And yes. that is not healthy. Um, it, it causes us to only have one narrative. Um, yes. And, it, and it's so sad, you know, God embraces all people, all colors, all political views. He loves all. Um, and we also have to do the same. And we need to put ourselves in that space where it is uncomfortable. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, it, you know, the past couple of years, it has really made that verse when, um, to sharpen each other up like iron sharpens iron. Like those two rods of iron, they do not sharpen anything if they are just lying next to each other. They have to touch and they have to rub against each other, causing sparks in order to, for it to sharpen. Um, and we need to do that. Mm. Yeah, we need to do that. That is so good. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I wish people could see this as well with the, the hand movements you're using for the iron, sharpening iron. <laughs> you could maybe add some sound effects or something just to <laughs> just help people visualize it. Oh, no, it's okay. Yeah, maybe I should do a video podcast. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm too lazy. Um, Thanks so yeah. much for sharing. Yeah. Um, thank you've you. You've given us a really good, really good insight as well into what is happening over there on the ground level and a, mm. and a good, like, mm, godly response to it as well. So mm. thank you for the insight. And I mean, I'm still learning. I don't have the answers, but I'm open to God's leading. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's all. Oh, did you want to say something? No. Well, I know. I think, yeah, I would love for people to be encouraged to have difficult conversations, um, if anything else, and to do it with love and to do it with grace and a heart of wanting to understand the other yeah mm. so scary though but yeah we need to be emboldened by the holy spirit yes yes i think so um but at the same time i think we yeah we we cannot we cannot live in this world without um stepping into that space it just wouldn't be healthy for us um mm-hmm. yeah i have definitely learned that god does not call us to a life of comfort yeah 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 and communication is so important as well isn't it it is and i'm not very good at it myself um uh but i'm i'm trying and i'm learning yeah Mm, me too yeah <laughs> thank you thank you for the opportunity okay. Jesse. no problem yeah i hope to see you soon 
Yeah. I mean, outside a, a screen. <laughs> of a screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah.